This is What Book Hooked You. I'm Brock Shelley, and thanks for listening. On this episode, I have June Her, whose debut novel, The Silence of Bones, comes out on April the 21st. Uh, so we get to talk to June, uh, learn about her kind of influences growing up, what she liked to read, how she transformed that into some of her early writing, and then just from there, her journey on in to giving us uh, this debut and what she learned about herself through it. Great conversation. So listen in. So June, what book hooked you? Um, so for me, it was Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Um, I read it when I was around 12 because my dad was trying to find ways for me to read because I, I hated reading. I hated English class. I was nearly failing it. Um, so yeah, he just like tried to find different books for me and he got me Pride and Prejudice and I watched an adaptation of it as well and I fell in love with it. Um, and then from there on, I started writing Pride and Prejudice fan fiction. And so it really opened my mind up to like how powerful books are to help you escape into a world that's totally different from yours. So that was it. Yeah, Pride and Prejudice. So I know a lot of adults that mm-hmm. can't get through Pride and Prejudice. So what was yeah. it about it that as a 12-year-old, uh, you sort of fell in love mm-hmm. with this book? So when I read it when I was 12, like I, the experience was probably much different from when I read it when I was much older. I reread it again in university, so it was completely different. But when I was younger, I just saw the love story. I'm like, oh, Mr. Darcy. Oh, Elizabeth. Oh, my gosh. So romantic. That was all I saw. And I skimmed through all like the, you know, um, things about social commentary. it, It just flew over my head. So it was just the love story. I think that was the first love story I, re- I read, and yeah, that that made me fall in love with the idea of like romance, romance novels. Um, and then I read Jane Eyre, um, and then I transitioned into like you know historical romance in general, like written by more modern day writers. So yeah, it was it was the romance that hooked me. <laughs> so and then when it came to your fan fiction, mm-hmm. what? did you find you were primarily writing what were the plots of those stories typically about oh oh it it was it was very interesting um so when i was 12 i i wrote so one one of the stories i wrote the longest was um mr darcy was a french spy working for napoleon and elizabeth was a british spy working for the queen and so it was like a forbidden romance. Like they realized right before they're going to get married, they're like, oh, no, we're spies for the opposite Nick, like countries. Ah, oh, we can't fall in love. And yeah, it, it was that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So, so as you got older uh, mm-hmm. and now you're writing YA. So when you were more mm-hmm. the age of the YA audience, mm-hmm. uh, was it still very much historical romance that you were into or are there other books that you can really remember from that time that were uh, important to you? Um, so when I was a teen, I read mostly historical romance. Um, I did. I also, I think I just loved um, the 19th century in general. So I, I got also into classics. Uh, so I read, you know, like I said, all of Charlotte Bronte's work, the Bronte sisters, 
um, and all of Jane Eyre's, Jane Austen's work, and s- several others. Um, but those were the f- books I focused more on. And it wasn't until university that I got more into literary fiction, like contemporary literary fiction through indigenous books. Mm-hmm. And I think that was what really changed the game for me, indigenous works. I don't know what it was, but I think it's when I was just the way, um, just how unique and and well-written the books that my professor selected for us was, it, it just helped me appreciate words more, just words in general, like how authors um, choose to use certain words and not other words. And that, yeah, that just changed my writing as well. Yeah. And so does that imply, because you say it changed your writing, does that imply that mm-hmm. during this entire time you were writing and there, and there was an idea of you wanting to be a writer? Um, so I I was always writing, like I was always writing some kind of fan fiction. I started with Pride and Prejudice and then I wrote anime fan fiction. And then I got back into historical romance. And that was when I started to write my own original work. But I never considered publishing until around university um, after, I guess, yeah, like reading Indigenous literature and falling in love with the craft of writing in general. I think that really um, made me consider taking my writing in a more, like, taking it more seriously. Um, And then, yeah, university was when I first queried to agents. Yeah. And and what was that... What were you writing at that time that you were taking the agents? It was it was actually historical romance, um, and so throughout university, like as I uh, read different kind of books, I think I still love rom- the romance genre, but I think I realized that I'm much more um, like I have a bigger interest in things like identity and. Um, the theme of home. And so slowly over the years, as I was in school, my the themes I wrote about transitioned. And so I think I just ended up transitioning out of romance. Um, and then I ended up writing women's fiction. So the book that I'm debuting with right now, I actually tried to write it initially as a women's fiction, as a women's historical fiction. Um, but for some reason, the heroine's voice was so strong. I she's 16 years old so she's the one I blame her she made me write a YA and I'm so glad that I did um because I I realized that the things I care about are thing um like themes that uh youth are really passionate about like you know trying to find who you are trying to find your home um so yeah it it just it just like evolved naturally over time by being exposed to different types of books Mm -hmm. So since you brought it up, let's start talking about uh, mm-hmm. your debut. The Silent of Bones mm-hmm. uh, comes out on April 21st. So give me the rundown of what the book's about. Uh, so it's set in Chosun Dynasty, Korea, specifically 1800. And it's about an indentured servant named Sal who must assist a young inspector with the investigation of a murdered noble, noble woman. Uh, but there's more to the case than meets the eye. And it'll be out, yeah, like you said, April 21st. And so uh, you already mentioned how the initial 
idea of this book, it was more you were thinking women's fiction. But what was mm-hmm. that initial idea that got you just writing this book? Um, so I was writing British historical for most of my life. Uh, but then after two failed rounds of querying over the span of nearly a decade, I think I just got really burnt out. And and it was just whenever I thought of writing about Britain again, I just felt so insecure. And I just remembered all the rejections I received. And so finally, I was just like, you know, what? like, like I, I love history. So I'm like, you know, let's try to write about a different type of history. And so I researched initially, I researched a bit about American history because I, it's it's you know, just epic in general. But then I'm like, uh, I'm not an American. I don't know how to connect to that history. Like, there's just so much work to be done to like, you know, build my knowledge up from scratch. And so I considered Canadian history, but it just wasn't clicking with me. And so I'm like, oh, you know, let me, let me like, you know, look into Korean history a bit since I'm Korean. And then I had no idea. I I had very little knowledge about Korean history, but after researching it, but I just fell in love with it, like head over heels. I never felt this way about any history before. And, and it was, I think it was just like the idea that I never felt very Korean until I Mm -hmm. learned about history. And then I realized like I have roots that, that there are aspects in history that have come to influence me and who I am today. And so I think being able to see a reflection of myself in history really made me want to dig deeper into it. And um, I was mo- mainly fascinated by um, this event called the Shinyubake. It happened in 1800, 1801, and it was the mass persecution of Catholics. And I found it really fascinating how uh, back then Korea was a closed-door kingdom. And so I was fascinated by this tension between um, the um, people who wanted to maintain tradition and to um, block off any kind of Western influence and then Western power sort of kind of uh, finding their way into Korea through the means of religion. Um, and there were like sincere Catholics, but then there were also people using um, Western knowledge, Western teaching in general as a way to just regain power. And I found that tension really fascinating. And so I tried to think of a way to write a book around this tension. And that's how I ended up with The Silence of Bones. And so you had mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. that originally uh, the main female character you thought would be more of a woman. The Mm -hmm. voice ended up changing that. How did you come to that realization? So when I first wrote her, I think I... I projected what I wanted her to be like. I wanted, I imagined this like maybe 21 year old amateur sleuth and she's like a bit cold and cynical and a bit tormented. I like the idea of a tortured, tormented detective kind of trope. Um, but as I wrote her, like she just constantly, like I'd be writing and then suddenly she'd be like, she leaps off stairs and she's like running around the capital and her eyes are like sparkling with so much curiosity. I'm like, no, this is not the cynical woman I'm imagining. And and she kept acting out in different ways that was outside of the trope I was trying to like trap her in. And so in the end, the book just felt so split. Like there's this one 
heroine who I'm trying to make, you know, more cynical. And then there's this other side of her where she's like totally different. She's a bit naive and full of energy and kindness. And I'm like, it just felt so off. So I think as I began revising the book, I had to just let go of that control and just let the story run on its own. So when it became clear to you that it was going to mm-hmm. be a, a, a YA book, mm-hmm. is that a category that you already had some familiarity with? Or did you have to sort of mm-hmm. uh, figure out what would it take to really align mm-hmm. it within this category? Yeah. Yeah, that's an, a great question. Um, so the only YA I was exposed to was, you know, basically like Harry Potter, uh, Twilight, and and the books that weren't specifically marketed as YA but ended up in, you know, uh, books for teens like, you know, Anne of Green Gables. I love that series. Um, so I read a lot of the classics that were meant for teens but weren't specifically targeted towards teens. And some of my favorite adult books are actually coming-of-age books. So when I wrote why I didn't really think of, like, you know, the hot and trending books sure. of today, but more more just, like, I did what writers are not advised to do. I didn't really write for an audience. I just wrote, you know, just a coming-of-age story. I didn't really th- think about whether it was a YA or an adult. Like, I initially thought my book was an adult, but it turned out, it was better suited for the YA audience. Um, so this second book I wrote, The Science of Bones, was actually just a book I wrote when I was about to give up on publishing. So I wasn't really thinking of target audience. Um, and once my agent decided, like, oh, this might be better suited for the YA audience, that's when I began reading more YA books. And that's when I caught up with the repertoire a bit more. And so... You had tried uh, mm-hmm. other manuscripts before this. Was it was it one or was it two or how many? How many are sitting in a drawer somewhere? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have. So the books I query, queried was actually one book which I revised like several times and rewrote from scratch once. I was also convinced that I'd get this pu- book mm-hmm. published, but it ended up not being the right time. And looking back. I don't think I was mature of a writer to have tackled the subject that I did. Um, so yeah, it's just I just kept working on one book over the span of nearly eight, ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, when you kind of switched then to writing uh, the mm-hmm. Science of Bones, because you know you mentioned you weren't worried necessarily about an audience, and because of the aspect that it, you mentioned how it got you in touch with. Uh, your Korean roots and really got mm-hmm. you into Korean history. Does it just seem like because it's maybe so much more personal and more meaningful mm-hmm. for you, that's why it may be the one that ended up giving you success? I think so. Like it's, it's, it's a, so one thing I think that allowed me to actually land an agent and a publishing deal was because I think so many um, diverse authors before me have paved the mm-hmm. path and allowed me to actually, uh, like have a book published in a time when people actually want to read my book. Um, but on top of that, so that gave me the courage to actually even write about Korea. Initially, I was like, oh, no one wants to read a Korean mystery. But then 
I saw the We Need Diverse movement, and I'm like, oh, maybe there is an audience out there. So that was one aspect. But the other one was, as you said, being able to see a reflection of myself. I think I was able to write uninhibited for the first time. Because I think when I was writing about my British history, I always felt like there was a voice in my head going, you're not British. Like, do you think, like, you never had, like, you know, a child had said in England and stuff, do you know how they live? And so I'd always be doing more research and I'd based, I'd base my heroine's experience on purely research. But with this book, there was a lot of research done, but I could actually use my own personal experience. Korean history is very deeply rooted in Confucian values. And I realized that I'm also very deeply rooted in Confucian values. So things like filial piety, um, things like um, the role of an older sibling versus a younger sibling and and all those values I that I grew up with I was able to kind of weave into the story and so yeah it was it was a much more personal experience and I think people noticed that as well and this might be a reach but given mm-hmm. how you described uh, the science of bones and then thinking back to the longer fan fiction than you wrote about mm-hmm. how they were two spies. Yeah. It's almost just a tiny little sliver uh, of a relationship there. Honestly, yeah, it's so. very, very different. But they're yeah. at least related maybe in some way. Yeah. Which I think is neat. I, yeah, that's true. I agree. I think I've always wanted to write like, you know, some kind of thriller. And when I was younger, I, I just wrote whatever I wanted to. But then as I grew older, I think a part of me was like, am I smart enough to write thrillers and like mysteries? And then and I think I felt like I wasn't capable enough. So I just kind of avoided it. Um, but yeah, this, this book was like, like I said, my I give up. I'm just going to write whatever kind of book. And it ended up being a mystery. <laughs> so when it came to uh, writing a mystery and a, mm-hmm. and a thriller, how did that how did you approach that? Do are you one that? has to because it often relies on a lot of twists and turns and plot points. Do you have to have that mapped out or do you sort of get into it, kind of Mm -hmm. learn the characters, learn the setting and then figure out how, you know, what choice they should make in a certain situation? Mm -hmm. So the approach that so far has worked for me is I, I feel like, um, like things like evidence and testimonials and, and red herrings and who the killers that is what I outline first and I try to make everything work out and then I kind of um, create a plot around it but then as I write sometimes like I realize oh but this person I don't think is the killer the person I thought was the killer ends up not being the killer and so throughout the draft I'm kind of trying to figure refigure out like oh who is the killer like is this person the killer or is this person better as a killer and so first drafts are always a guessing game like and you know challenging my own assumptions um and then revision is when I kind of solidify all the connections and so it's a it's a mix of both like I I start off with an outline and knowing who the killer is and knowing how the mystery gets solved but at the same time as I write I just end up breaking out of all the outlines and and rewriting and trying to ref trying to figure out again who the killer is. And so when I wrote the first draft of The Sounds of Bones, I actually had no idea who the killer was. I thought I did, and then I realized I don't know. And that's why I think everyone is a bit suspicious. 
That's great. Yeah. And so now that you uh, are in YA uh, mm-hmm. and this is your debut, yeah. are there other books that having now started writing within that category mm-hmm. that you have uh, really enjoyed that you weren't already familiar with? You weren't, you know, beyond the Twilights and Harry Potter and things like that? Yep. Uh, so I read, I recently read the the Jack, Stalking Jack the Ripper series. I was really, I was quite surprised, like, because I, I love British historicals, and I was surprised how well she'd written, um, the vic- like, how well she conveyed that, I think it was said, yeah, Victorian era, like, how spot on it felt. Um, I also really enjoyed um, Elizabeth Lim's Spin the Dawn. I, I I don't know what it is about her work, but it has it contains a certain emotion that I resonate a lot with. I think it it has this warm, like yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is about it, but I just connected emotionally with it, and I think that's the kind of emotion I'm trying to convey in my own work. Um, and Kat chose Wicked Fox. It's a Korean drama in book form, and that was also what I was aiming for. I was trying to aim for a historical Korean drama in book form. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm stumbling across several books and, and that I wish I'd actually read when I was younger. But, yeah, I, I somehow wasn't exposed to them when I was younger. And do you feel that you're, as far as a writer, you really identify yourself as a mystery thriller writer? Or are you wanting to expand out to different kind of genres and maybe mm-hmm. even categories? Um, so right now, I would identify as a mystery writer, mainly because um, mis- writing mystery has taught me how to write plot, because that was my biggest issue before. When I was querying my other book, agents would keep saying, like, your plot is not strong enough, your plot is not strong enough. And I just couldn't figure out how to write a good plot. But then I think when I was tackling mystery, the structure that mystery allowed me really taught me how to write um, at least a decent, decently strong plot. And so for now, it's it's something I want to kind of um, become better at because I know there's so many things I need to learn as a mystery writer. So I want to challenge myself to grow more as a mystery writer to really like perfect it and then from there I think I might try to dabble in romance again mm-hmm. and see if I can combine actually not so much romance but like have still write about mystery but add a bit of um yeah add a little love story into it but have mystery as my kind of foundation for all my works I think that might be um, the way I might go with my future books as well, because I I really enjoy like the whole thriller aspect, like you said, the whole you know spies and you know whatnot. I think that is my my cup of tea. Great. Well, let's uh, wind things down here, and I'll ask you a few mm-hmm. questions. The first one being, what is your favorite movie that's based on a book? My favorite movie. It's more like a TV series. Is Anne of Green Gables. And next question, is there a book or a series you're willing to admit you've either never read or never finished? Harry Potter. I read the first four books, but then she took a long break in between, (laughs) and then I I stopped reading during that break. Very good. Very good. More common answer than you think. It hasn't been been the answer for a while, but 
I would oh, say yeah. it's, it's the most popular answer <laughs> by authors. And then finally, what is the last great book that you've read? Um, the last great book I read was Celeste Ning's Little Fires Everywhere. Okay. Well, June, The Silent of Bones comes out on April the 21st. Congratulations on this, and I wish you and the book all the best. Thank you. And that's a wrap on this episode. Thanks for June Hurd for joining me. Again, her book, The Silence of Bones, is out on April the 21st. So I hope you'll check that out. Hope you'll also check out some of the other great episodes we have with some YA and middle grade authors and learning about their books so that your to-be-read list grows even more. I'm Brock Shelley, and until next time, keep reading. Keep reading.